Welcome to the Building Up Women in Property podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Bangura, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. This podcast is for ambitious women who work in property and construction, who want to learn how to have a career they love on their terms. Join me every week where I'll leave you excited and confident to take your next steps. Thanks for being here with me. Now let's get started. Hello, today we are talking about overcoming overwhelm and I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This episode is really born from my experience over the last couple of weeks. Now, I felt that there has been so much to do and so much going on in the world that it has been hard to stay on top of everything and it's been hard to stay motivated and focused on the things that really matter. And I think part of that is, you know, I'm a very action-orientated person. I've always got more things to do. I've always got big goals that I'm working towards. So, it's always a jam-packed to-do list for me. But I think there's also just been a huge amount of social anxiety going on. There's been so much happening in the world, political instability, wars, deaths, referendums. I think it's just been a lot. And on top of that, we're at the pointy end of the year. We're all trying to really march towards some big deadlines and some big goals. And it can all just feel a bit overwhelming. And as I said, I felt this very much myself, particularly last week. There was one day where I just wanted to sit down and cry because I didn't know where to start. (laughs) But I know I'm also not the only person experiencing this. This has been a really common theme over the last few weeks with my clients as well. So I wanted to talk about this and I wanted to kind of share with you how I get unstuck when I feel overwhelmed. Because no matter how good we are at our jobs, no matter how good we are at our lives, overwhelm does creep in at times and we need to have the tools to be able to reset and refocus so we can move forward with confidence and clarity and get more done. Because the reality is, is overwhelm is something that creeps in from time to time. And it is something that impacts all of us at different points and different stages. What I want to share with you is really some tools to help you reset when you find yourself in this state of overwhelm. And this is really the exact process I took myself through last week to kind of give myself that reset that I needed. And I think the final point I just want to make on overwhelm before we get into some sort of practical strategies out of it is it is okay to feel overwhelmed, but we do need to acknowledge that it impacts all areas of our lives. If we're feeling overwhelmed at work, it will impact our personal lives and our well-being and vice versa. We are multidimensional people. We are complex beings. And when we feel swamped in one area or burdened, it really does have that knock-on effect. So, the sooner we can recognize this feeling of overwhelm and take actions towards resolving it and getting back into control, the better our lives will be, the better our work will be, the more productive and happy we will be. So, again, nothing is wrong. This is just a stage. And the sooner we can take control, the better. And that first step of actually acknowledging that we are feeling overwhelmed is so important so that we can then move forward with confidence, with a plan and with the clarity we need to get back to feeling more productive and better in ourselves. And of course, how we show up in the world has a huge impact on those around us, our loved ones, our teams, our peers. So the sooner we can get back to a place of harmony and intention and control, the better it will be for all of us. Now, I appreciate that you may not be feeling overwhelmed right now in your career or in your life, and that's totally fine. I do suggest listening to this episode because there is some really good tools here that you can take away and apply anyway. But if you are, you know, you're nailing it, you're happy, things are going well, then just bookmark this. And remember, this is a resource for you to come back to when you need it. 
Okay, so step one is to understand what is going on in your head, right? You probably have an endless to-do list of all the things that you should do, that you want to do, that you could do. And I think the first step is to really get everything down on paper in one place. So I know a habit that is very easy to fall into is keeping different to-do lists in different places, one in your diary, one in your notepad, some notes on your phone, an email reminder to yourself. And it's great that we capture all of these things, but we never have a consolidated view of all of the things. So I want you to actually cut out 10 or 15 minutes and just do a brain dump of all of the things that are on your mind, even if they are things to do in the future. They're not immediate problems or immediate challenges you need to face or immediate tasks you need to do. I just want you to get everything in one place so you can see it in black and white as a consolidated view. Because once we have that there in front of us, we can start to tame the beast. We can start to make decisions about our priorities and what we need to focus on. And the other really important thing is it also just becomes a parking place to get some of the ideas that we have in our head out of our brains to actually free up our sort of mental load, our mental capacity to focus on tasks at hand rather than trying to remember the long list of to-dos that we have for the future and using up our energy on that. So start by getting all your tasks down in one place. And once you have that, what I want you to do is actually sit down and apply one of these four strategies to your to-do list. So we want to look at what we can either eliminate, automate, delegate or batch. And I'm going to take you through each of these and how I apply it myself so that you can find the right way to approach these strategies for you. So the first one is eliminate. Now, this always makes me laugh, but when I actually look at my to-do list, so many things on there are nice to-dos. They have things I would love to do, but they are not business critical. They are not critical for my health or well-being or my life. They are just things that I would really love to do. And oftentimes when I look at them, they are unnecessary or they are just complete overkill. These things often just become distractions that weigh us down or things that niggle in our mind that we never quite get to and then we perceive them as failures. But actually, they were bringing no significant benefit in the first place. And so I want you to look at your to-do list and really think about what are the things that are not necessary? What are the things that I could just get rid of and take off my plate right now and just not do and not someone else do them, just no one do them. We're just going to take them off the to-do list. Now, I think for most of us, when we really get serious about this and we take the pressure off ourselves, we can usually eliminate quite a lot. And I want you to think about the things that are really draining your energy that are nice to have. No one is even aware of them. They are just kind of this wish list of things you would like to get to. I want you to let go of the perfectionism. I want you to let go of getting it right all the time or doing the best job you can do. And just focus on doing a good job on what you need to do. And so eliminating things requires us to let go of perfectionist tendencies, to let go of this idea of always delivering above and beyond and being the absolute best of the best. And instead, let's focus on doing the best job we can on the tasks that we need to deliver and that matter most to our clients and to our customers. And so this should be a really empowering step, right? We are just taking things off our list. So we can really focus on getting the right results. And when we do this task of elimination, it's crazy, but quite often we can see we have spent so much time worrying or overthinking about things that are inconsequential or things that people aren't even aware of. Let this be a really freeing exercise. And I literally want you to cross those things 
off your to-do list. They are not parked. They are just going in the bin. Now, the second strategy is to automate. Now, these are those reoccurring things that come up that you need to do on a regular basis that take a lot of time or are fiddly and niggly. And I want you to just think about all of those things that you could actually stop touching. You could stop doing them and have them automated so they run without you and without you needing to be involved or across them. So obvious examples of these are things like paying bills and setting up direct debits so that you never have to worry about pulling out your credit card and, and doing the BPAY. Another example might be to automate some of your email responses. So if there are certain keywords or phrases in your emails that an automated response goes out, giving someone the next steps or telling them where to find the information so that you're not having to touch every single email that comes in your inbox. It could also be around running reports, just having the reports set to run every Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock rather than having to go into the system and do that yourself. And there is honestly so much technology available to help automate our work these days that I think we really aren't taking full advantage of that. And so as a starting point, I just want you to think about what are the repetitive tasks that I do each day or each week or each month that I could actually establish as a bit of a set and forget system. And in doing that, we actually create more efficiency, we often reduce errors, and Perhaps most importantly, we free up our mental load and we can stop worrying and thinking about how to get everything done. Now, the third strategy is to delegate. And I can't tell you how often I hear leaders and I hear hear managers say, oh, but it's just quicker for me to do it myself. And that may be true the first time, but it is not true the second or third time. And the skill of delegation is so hugely important, not only to getting the task done, but also to developing others around you and bringing them on the journey towards achieving collective goals. So if you are someone that struggles with delegation, I really want you to shift your thinking on this. This is not just about you getting through your to-do list. This is about making sure we have the right people doing the right things and collectively using our resources as well as we possibly can. And I think where we often get stuck with delegation is no one is taught how to do this. And I actually teach my clients around the five levels of delegation because we can start at sort of level one where we are spelling everything out. We are giving step-by-step instructions. We are asking for step-by-step check-ins and we are maintaining a high level of control in that process. And then we move to stage five, which is the opposite, where we're giving someone an objective or a desired result and we are letting them run with it from start to finish and then report back to us with the key information we need. And stages one through to five requires a different process. It requires a different level of information to be shared, a different level of trust to be established between you and the person you're delegating with, and a different level of communication. And it's okay if you don't quite have delegating down to a fine art just yet. I want you to think of this as being something you practice and you get better at working with the people around you as well. As a starting point, I just want you to look at what could someone else do? And they don't have to do it better than you. They just have to be able to do the task to a satisfactory level and think about who could do it, what do they need to do, when do they need to do it by, and how do they need to do it? And start sharing those instructions. Start taking things off of your plate and giving them to others. And where you do feel that you need to give more support to someone, set up those check-ins. Make sure it is an open door for communication so that they have the information and tools and guidance they need to get on and do the job. And consider this process of delegation and upskilling for the person you're delegating to, but also for you as a leader, as a manager, to develop that skill. 
because you cannot do everything. And frankly, it's not the best use of your time. So start to unwind the control you have and allow other people to step in and be that support to you. And again, we need to let go of this being perfect. We need to let go of expecting everyone to do things exactly the way we would do them. And we need to be open to new ideas and new interpretations of how things might be done, knowing that quite often there will be some absolute pearls of wisdom in there that come from your team and from other people that you can't even contemplate at the moment because we're so set in our own ways and our own ways of doing things. So really be open to the possibilities of what might come from delegating out to your team and to your peers. And the fourth strategy is around batching. Now, batching is this idea of getting all the same tasks together and doing them at one time. So examples of this might be responding to emails. So instead of checking your emails between meetings, you'd set aside time every day, dedicated time to check your emails, to respond and to action. And what this means is that when you sit down to look at emails, you are focused and you are committed to responding and actioning as much as you can rather than just trying to squeeze things in and leaving lots of open ideas in your head. And I kind of equate this to having like 50 tabs open on your browser. Every time you open an email and don't close it out in that instance, that's an open tab. Your brain is still trying to solve that problem. Your brain is trying to remember what needs to be done. What we want to do is start tackling those tasks straight away and doing it in a really productive and efficient way. And so having that time dedicated to your emails can be really, really helpful and can really free up your mental capacity when you're not checking your emails to focus on the tasks at hand. But of course, emails is just one thing you can batch. Another thing might be writing reports or completing invoices or doing your team reviews or your PCG meetings. Any number of these things can be batched together so that you're focused on one particular task at a certain time of day or one day of the month, one week of the month, whatever it might be. But by pulling all these same types of activities together, we allow our brains to really work more productively during that time. And so I want you to think about what other things you could batch in your work. First of all, look at your day. What are the repetitive tasks you do each day? How could you group those together? What are the repetitive tasks each week? And what are the repetitive monthly tasks? And literally go in and block out time in your diary to do each of those things and then stick to that plan. And of course, you know, you can tweak this as you go, but just the act of setting up dedicated time to do tasks again, puts us back in control. It gives us a dedicated time and space to do that work rather than it just being one of many things we need to get to. Because the truth is we are all juggling so many things at any one time, between work, between our well-being, between our family, between our relationships. All the things require effort and time. And it is very easy to fall into the trap of feeling there is too much to be done and that we need to work longer, and that we need to work endless hours in order to try and get through it. And the truth is we will never get through it. There will always be more to be done, and we need to manage that. And these strategies of elimination, of automation, of delegation and batching are really effective to help set us up for success and to get more done within the time we have without burning ourselves out or falling into a heap unsure of what to do next. So I invite you to take these strategies and 
apply them to your to-do list. Get clear on all the things on your mind, all the things you want to achieve and accomplish and start to break them down. See what you can get rid of, see what you can automate, see what someone else can do and see what you can patch together. And remember, this is not about getting it perfect. This is about making progress. And it's one thing at a time. We can't multitask as humans. We've been fed this lie. Multitasking doesn't actually work. We need to focus on one thing at a time. So pick a thing and find the time to do it so that you can stop feeling overwhelmed and spiraling in circles. And as I said at the start, I want you to bookmark this episode, right? Because this is one to come back to when you are feeling a little bit lost and a little out of control. And, you know, believe you me, this happens to all of us. So there is no shame in being overwhelmed. We just need to focus on getting back into control. Okay, my friend, you've got this. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on the Building Up Women in Property podcast. I'm Rebecca Bangura, and if you'd like to learn more about what I do, head over to LinkedIn and connect with me. Have a beautiful day, and I'll see you next time.